0: praise God. Please close your eyes as we look to our Father this morning. Indeed, Lord, we have a a blessed assurance. We are secure because of what Jesus did for us more than 2,000 years ago. Left the glory of heaven. Came down here on the earth. He created himself. By his own word and breath walk the streets of galilee he was led to the cross and died for us shedding his own blood lord you have said in your word that if the blood of booze and ashes of a heifer sprinkling and clean lord maketh them clean how much more shall the blood of jesus purge our conscience to serve the living god and where you are, my God, the scriptures declare that the sacrifice was made once and for all. We are, oh Lord, eternally secure in you. Thank you, Father, for what you've done for us. We thank you, Lord, for gathering us here at Northmead this morning. We are blessed, Lord. We are grateful. Thank you for receiving and accepting the praises of our lips, oh God. Lift him that name that is above every other name. The name that saves, the name that restores, the name that heals. The name Jesus. We have gathered here Lord to exalt that precious name. We have gathered here Lord looking up to that precious name. We have gathered here to exalt that precious name. In that name we hide. The name Jesus. Lord we have come now to feed from you. As your man said Lord to feed on that bread of heaven. Fresh from the throne room of God Almighty himself. We give you praise. We give you glory for this infallible, immutable, wonderful, powerful word of God. As you have said in the scripture, as the rain and the snow, they come down from heaven and they do not return but waters the earth. Oh my God, give seed to the sower, bread to the eater you have said so is your word my god that it will not return to you void and this morning we thank you we celebrate we rejoice we dance because of this word you have given to us we submit totally to this word unreservedly in the name of jesus the son of the living god we have prayed as everybody says amen Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's wonderful to sit there when you are ministering the word of God. And everything that is going on is a testimony. And a confirmation as if you had sat down with those that have come to stand up here before you. And you gave them a leakage that this is what I want to talk about. So you sing these songs. And Pastor Katanga, when you go up, you must say this. But none of that did happen. God himself just prepared our hearts. Where are you going? You used to pray in the mountains (laughs) that God should uh, use you. The woman of God will massage your fingers when you go home. For now, they have to be sore to play to the glory of God. If you've got a Bible, you turn with me To the book of 1st Peter. And we'll be reading chapter 1. Praise God. 1st Peter. We'll be reading chapter 1. Hallelujah. Have you found 1st Peter? Yeah, I encourage you that. Even when you have this one. hope you've got one like this one. A physical copy in your home. I know it's a digital age, but in this digital, digital age, there is also what is now known as digital dementia. You've heard of digital dementia? It's because you depend so much on this digital thing that uh, you've forgotten the times table or mathematics. You can't remember up to five, four numbers, so just be careful. And you can't remember not even three scriptures, why? Because everything is at the click of a button. So even if you have this one, just be careful that you do not suffer what? Digital dementia. Get the book, read the scriptures, memorize the scriptures. So the physical one just helps you to uh, avoid that digital dementia. If you found the book of uh, First Peter, let's read together uh, from verse 1. I'm reading from the NIV today. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to God's elect, strangers in the world. What are they? Strangers in the world scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. For the obedience to Jesus Christ and the sprinkling of his blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. May that be your portion too. Verse 3, praise be to God and Father over our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance that can never perish. You missed where to say hallelujah. Pastor Boyd, you talked about an inheritance. Here it says that unto what? An inheritance that can never perish. All the inheritance you have here on earth, they do perish. And yourself, when you perish, that's physically, when you go into glory, everything you leave it. But this one, it says never perish. Perish, Praise God. It can never perish or spoil or what? Or fade. And where is it? Kept in heaven for you. So the risen inheritance kept in heaven for you. Verse 5. Who through faith are shielded by God's power. You are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. The salvation that will be revealed in the last time. That's not being born again, but we'll see that later. In this you greatly rejoice. This is powerful. Verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief for all kinds of trials. And in our context now, including coronavirus and what it has brought in this world. Verse 7. These have come so that your faith of great wealth than gold. Great wealth than gold. What's the price of gold as of today? Nobody's uh, selling and buying these things but I guess maybe $45,000 or $40,000 per kilo, which perisheth, even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine. That is your faith. May be proved what? Genuine. And may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. That's at the last day. Though you have not seen him, this is powerful. You love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible, inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Verse 10 concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and out. The time and circumstances to find, which, to find which the spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the suffering of Christ and the glories that would follow. Verse 12. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you. When they spoke of the things that have now been taught to you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, even angels long to look into these things. Therefore, prepare your minds for action, be self controlled, set your hope on, fully on the grace. To be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. He repeats that again. When Jesus Christ is revealed. He says that twice now. Verse 14. As obedient children. Do not. Instruction right there. Do not conform to the evil desires you had. Meaning you do not have them now. And you shouldn't have them. When you lived in ignorance. But. Just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Praise God. Amen. This letter that we have just read was written by a wonderful apostle. And his name was Peter. And he says that himself. As he writes that first sentence in this letter, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Many believe that he wrote this letter around AD 64. Not earlier than that and not later than AD 68. He wrote this letter during a period when there was so much persecution. So he's writing this right in the center Of serious sufferings. That the Christians were going through. Maybe in our time. It would have been right at the. Highest heat of coronavirus. But for their time. Believers were being persecuted. They were being killed. This is a time. When Nero was ruling. You know Emperor Nero. And evil things. Were being done to Christians. At this time. One of the. Uh, scary stories that you read through the pages of history of what was happening uh, to Christians during this time. Uh, They were suffering and they were, I mean, killed and a number of them were picked. Your whole body dipped into tar and uh, they put something from the behind and put you on the road and they light you so that you could be street lighting in the night. In the street. Lead for the cause of Jesus Christ. They are persecuted for that cause of Jesus Christ. And so the apostle picks up his spend to strengthen the brethren. During that very, very difficult time. And none of us who are here today have, have faced yet such kind of difficulties. In our Christian work. And many times the difficulties that people face. They are even self-created. But this suffering that they were going through was as a result of their faith in Christ Jesus. And they suffered this great uh, persecution. And when you read through the pages of history, Peter himself later, maybe A.D. 67, A.D. 68, Peter himself was killed. He was a martyr. He was killed for the sake of Jesus Christ, for the cause of Jesus Christ rather. So the person who's writing this letter himself suffered that persecution to the point of death. And uh, when you read through a book which you can check out now, this available online, Fox's Book of the Matters, It tells you stories of how uh, most of the disciples of Jesus Christ were killed and suffered for the cause of the master. And they tell you how they were scattered all over uh, the world and the story of Peter is there as well. Uh, the writers there say is that the apostle, they are about to crucify him uh, like the master, King Jesus, but he refused that they shouldn't crucify him the way they crucified Jesus. Instead, they should crucify him uh, upside down. So much uh, torment that he, that they went through. And just like today, and where you are seated there, you could be in the midst of very serious persecution, for whatever reason. Or he could be going through so much pain. And Pastor Boyd here did mention that in this season, almost everybody, I believe everybody in here, has been affected by the pandemic that has been, I know, going on. Himself, my dear friend, Pastor Boyd, I would go to his home, and uh, it's painful to talk through the door from there and from the window how are you fine you know and you can't come out of the room that's a story of most families here but thank god for his grace you know and and his mercy every family has been affected and with the coming of coronavirus the devil released released all kinds of his atomic bombs Because the time was ripe and people are not thinking straight. You know, they are depressed. They are confused. And he releases more confusion. So there's been a lot of pain. And where you see that, there could be some very serious pain to the point that your mind is not even thinking straight. Because of the pain that you are going through. Or your your family is going through. But I've got good news for you today. From the book of first Peter and so the apostle to encourage the brethren through these very trying times he picks up this pain by the inspiration of the precious holy spirit and he writes down now for them to be able to survive because it was, it was easy, just like for us today, when you are faced with so much toil, it's easy to throw in the tile. And maybe as you are listening to this message this morning, it's a long time that your knees ever hit that ground and lifted your voice in prayer because you have been overwhelmed by so much trials. I know what I'm talking about. I know you do too, right? Where you can't even lift your voice in prayer because you are so overwhelmed and almost giving up to some, even their faith have been now a shipwreck. They have abandoned their faith because of trials, because of hardship. How many times have we met our brethren? I've not seen you in a long time. Or you call to check up on them. How is, how is it going with you? We haven't seen you in a long time. And they answer you, I'm going through very, very painful uh, situations in my life. So situations have a way, pain has a way to drive you away from the master, if not careful. But you think being believers and knowing the word of God that would run to the shelter. But the devil tricks us. We instead run away from the shelter, run away from the help that is available to you. I pray that you receive grace to run to the name that is your covering this morning. Can I hear you loudly say amen? And so to strengthen the beloved, the brethren, the Apostle Peter, does not just uh, speak any kind of words. He leads them to something that is very important, which we should do today. He leads them to fundamental doctrines of the church. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah praise God. He leads them to fundamental doctrines of the church. And that is very, very important. Why is it so? What you believe determines how you live. What you believe determines how you live. For example, if you believe that there is no heaven and there is no hell, guess how you live your life? I know one particular uh, church that believe in a doctrine called purgatory. You know, purgatory, there's one sect of the church that believe in a place called purgatory. That if you die, when you die, you go to a place called purgatory. And that church made a lot of money out of this doctrine as well. Because people believed in this. What you believe will determine how you live and so the doctrine of purgatory is that when you die you can go to a place and in that place actually your relatives who are alive here on earth can actually intercede and can give offerings in church and God can have mercy on you even while you are dead and transfer you from purgatory or hell and then bring you into heaven beloved if you've ever heard lies in your life, that one is proper blue lies cooked by Satan himself. It's a lie. It's a lie. Once you die, the Bible has told, told us what will happen to you. Clearly, throughout the scriptures, there's, there's only two destinations for you when you die. is either you be in the presence of God, Almighty, or you in a place, or you go to a place called Hades in hell. There is no purgatory. Nobody will pray for you after you die and give an offering in church for God Almighty to transfer you from hell into heaven. And so this church made a lot of money way back in history because people would come and pay a lot of money so that their relatives who died could be transferred into heaven. What you believe will determine how you live. And so whatever doctrine that you believe in the scriptures, you can tell how someone will live their life. And so the apostle Peter, to strengthen the brethren so that they can walk in victory, in the midst of all suffering, he leads them through a series of doctrines. He doesn't just pick up encouragements. Ah, no, limba chabe. It's chabe. chabe will take you 10 steps. And then you'll face so much pain and turmoil, you'll give up. But if you are anchored in the word of God, the Bible says you'll be like Mount Zion that can never be shaken. Hallelujah. And so let's, uh, run through those doctrines that the Apostle Peter uh, brings out. Doctrine number one, chosen. You go back to the to the scripture. There the Bible tells us that God's elect strangers in the world scattered throughout Pontius and Cappadocia. Verse number two, verse number two. It says, who have been what? Chosen. According to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through the sanctifying work of the spirit. For the obedience to Jesus Christ and the sprinkling on of the blood. And so he helps the believer to know that they did not choose Christ. He chose them. And this separation uh, of, of their lives from the power of sin is not their own doing. He says before the foundation of the world, God chose you. You are special. You are his portion. You are his inheritance. And it's not your own work. You didn't choose you. You didn't choose yourself. He says he chose you. So he leads them through this doctrine as he opens the scripture. As of most importance that they should know that this salvation they have is so important, so powerful. That before the foundation of this world, before God ever spoke, let there be light. King Dukes, you were on God's mind. He chose you unto himself. That you be part of his sheepfold. Hallelujah. And that this choosing happened by the sanctifying power of the spirit of the living God. And by the blood of Jesus Christ. As you can see in the scripture says. According to the foreknowledge of God the father. Through the sanctifying work of the spirit. For the obedience to Jesus Christ. And the sprinkling of the blood. And so he brings them to this reminder that what has happened to them, it is the work of the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord that has brought them to this salvation by the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit and the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Now this doctrine is so very important that all the apostles, most of them in their letters, they always led their readers to this doctrine. For you to know that you were chosen before the foundation of the earth. Give us 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. It says, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So the Apostle Paul, to his readers as well, he brings out, there we go. He says, unto the church of God which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ, called to be saints, with all that in every place go upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. The Apostle Paul brings out that uh, doctrine as well, that this choosing actually happened by or happens by the sanctifying power of. Of the spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. And by the sanctifying power of the spirit. Nobody can come to Jesus. Except by the sanctifying power. Of the spirit. I know we know the doctrine of sanctification. Which is the process of you growing in maturity in Christ Jesus. But the other understanding there is that for you. To be sanctified means to be set apart. Amen. To be set apart. And so the spirit of the sovereign Lord. God almighty himself. He is the one who worked on your spirit. To set you apart. To sanctify you in Christ Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ himself. He told us that nobody can come to the father. No one can come to him. Except the father has drawn him. So you're coming to Jesus. You did not choose. He chose you. And he did it by the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God, wherever you were, reached out to you. He's the Holy Ghost. He convicted your heart. And you were set apart. And you believed in the gospel of Jesus. So by the power of the sanctifying work of God Almighty and the message, which is the word of God, you've been born again. You've been born again. And so he reminds them of this. That this is your anchor. This is your anchor. You are secure. If the sanctifying power of the spirit. Which you have nothing to do. God by his sovereign mighty hand. He picked you out himself. And he set you apart by his spirit. You've got reason to stand. You've got reason to stand. So that's doctrine number one. Is that they were, you were chosen before time. Hallelujah. And John, that's John, by the way, John chapter 6, verse number 44. Nobody can come to Jesus. Nobody can come to the Father except that he has been drawn. So even as we evangelize, always keep in mind, I can't bring these people to Jesus. The one who brings them to God is the Spirit of God. Yours is to speak the message. And the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord broods over that message. There we go. No man can come to me except the father which has sent me draw him and will raise him up at the last day praise be the name of Jesus I said praise be the name of Jesus another confirmation is 2nd Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13 2nd S- Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 13 13 Praise God. He says, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord. Because God hath from the beginning did what? Chosen you to salvation. Through what? Sanctification of the spirit and the belief of the truth. So two things that are brought you and make you secure in Jesus. Number one, the sanctifying power of the Spirit of God. Number two, their truth. And what is that truth? It's the person of Jesus Christ Himself and what He has done for us on the cross of Calvary. So, in the midst of all pain and suffering, He brings them to realize this doctrine so that they can stand strong therein. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Number two, he leads them to the second doctrine. So throughout this letter, the Apostle Peter lays a very strong foundation for both First Peter and Second Peter. And in chapter 1, he lays this very strong foundation based on fundamental doctrines of the church. Now these fundamental doctrines of the church are not there for us to argue with people on the streets or other people of different denomination with us. It's for your own security. It's for your own safety. It's for your own strength. It's for your own growth in the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. And so He lays that foundation. So as you write this letter throughout chapter one, there he spells out a number of doctrines. We will not go all of through all of them, but just a few of them now. Doctrine number two: hope. Say after me, hope. Now, this hope that the scripture is talking about here is not the hope that people will say, ah, I hope he comes Monday. Ah, because we've been waiting. It's now two hours. I hope he... No, no, no. This is not wishful thinking. The hope and the doctrine of hope that the scripture brings us to is not wishful thinking. Tell your neighbor again, hope. Now, the Bible calls it actually living hope. And this living hope is just not a wish, but actually the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, it says, our blessed hope will appear one again. Amen. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Hope. So in spite of the pain and suffering and persecution, God in his mercy brought them into a living hope. He reminds them of that. That's verse number 3b. Can you find it? Quickly, let's go back there. Verse number three. Verse number three here. He says, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into what? A living hope. Through the resurrection of Christ Jesus from the dead. People say, for example, when maybe there is a funeral and people are going to see someone, ah, I don't even know what to say to that person. Go and say the word. Go and say what? The word. Because the word never fails. Just philosophy can't do it. Just empty words won't do it. But the word of God will do it. It doesn't matter how the person is feeling. Speak the word. The word will always work. There is no argument about it. So he brings them to this place. In that midst of suffering, he does not just encourage them, no, just be strong, you know, these things will pass, just be strong. No, he brings them to where they can stand and never be shaken. No matter the pain, the suffering, the persecution. Think of it. Getting you and dipping you, your whole body in tar and setting you ablaze and dying there on that stick and everybody watching if it's just words people may give up and people would have actually given up but with the word of the Lord they're able to stand uh, strong Amen Praise the Lord The living hope so in spite of all the pain, the suffering, the persecution in His abundant mercy the Lord has brought us into a living hope and we have said this is not wishful thinking. It is a real deep conviction. It is what? Real deep conviction. Inside of your spirit. Such that no matter what happens, you stand your ground because of conviction. And that's what we need in the church today. We need people with a conviction. We need people with a conviction many people have lost that because they probably have forgotten this wonderful doctrine of hope in their lives and the apostles to show us again that this is very very important doctrine give us Ephesians chapter number 1 and verse 18 living hope ah Actually, Pastor Mukwavi pastors this church. It's called Living Hope. Very powerful. Living Hope. Ephesians 1 verse 18. Look at this. He says, the eyes of your understanding. This is the Apostle Paul praying for the brethren in Ephesus. And this is what he prays. He says, I pray for you that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know. What should you know? That you may know what? So, how important is this hope? Because he said, if their eyes of understanding should be enlightened, one thing they should know, that you may know what is the hope of his. Next verse. What is the hope of his? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? And so he says, I pray that you, your eyes may be opened, that you may know to the hope which you have been, you have been called. To know the hope to which you have been, you have been called. And this hope is the quality of being Satan. hundred percent sure. The Lord brings them to that place. Remember when Jesus told his disciples, let us cross over to the other side. And the storm came as they were going to the other side. But if they had known and trusted in the living hope, they would have not been shaken. And for three years, Jesus Christ helped them to know that. When the storms came, they started screaming, King James, Master, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And Jesus was sleeping. How can he be sleeping in the midst of a boisterous storm. He had told them already. We are crossing over. To the other side. So whether. pindamuke pindamuke or pindamuke. Whether it is a bakungena, Who cares. He has said we are what? Crossing over to the other side. A very certain. Deep conviction. On the inside. It is not wishful thinking. It is knowing that you know that you know that you know that you know. That no matter what happens, it is so. And Romans, also the apostle repeats the same thing. Romans chapter 5. Give us Romans chapter 5 and verse number 1. Praise God. Romans chapter 5, verse number 1. Whatever you may be going through is not wishful thinking that will take you out of it. But living hope will make you strong. Praise God. Thank you, Justin. You are doing well. He says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Next phrase. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. We stand in what? In this grace. That's what he's saying. By whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein stand. And rejoice in what? In hope of the glory of God. Next verse. Praise God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also. Now, now, here this is where we slow down. Put put a little bit of breaks in your mind. Relax, relax. Look at the word of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Now these, as we have read already, they were going through serious pain, serious suffering, watching their friends being killed, burnt to ashes. He says we are glory. We are full of joy. So how can they be full of joy in tribulation? Knowing that tribulation does what? Wakes. Patience. Next verse. And patience, what? Experience. And experience, hope. So in tribulation, this is very important. This is the reason all the apostles go back as they write to these doctrines. Because what you believe determines how you live. And so if they did not draw these brethren to these doctrines of the church, they were going to be shaken. They have been totally defeated. The apostle Paul as well, to his readers, he repeats these doctrines to them. And this is what he tells them. Let's follow it. Previous verse, Justin, so that we flow again nicely together. Don't worry, we'll be going home. So be relaxed, amen? Relax, relax. Let the word of God sink in your spirit. Because throughout this period, and by the way, this is not the end of suffering under the earth. We are yet to see real suffering. I'm not a prophet of doom, but by design, this world is not becoming better. It's decaying. As we approach the coming of Jesus Christ, if corona is a pandemic, we are yet to see pandemics. As the return of Jesus is coming. It's prophesied, it's in the word. I'm not wishing gloom. We are praying for the best. But according to what is in the prophetic book here, we we are yet to see turmoil in the future. Hope by the worst of the worst and the peak of it, the glory train would have already hit and would be home with the the Lord. Praise God. He says, and not only so, but we also glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation, pain, mavuto, suffering, kunka. Launderer's soap. When I learned of this doctrine when we were in church, I had a hard time to sing the song, Refiner's Fire. When you know what Refiner's Fire is, you first hold yourself, whether you should sing or not. What is Refiner's Fire? Tribulation. It's only by tribulation. It's only when you are passing through pain that Refiner's Fire happens to your life. And I remember when we went to to a school of prayer with my friend, uh, uh, Collins, we went to a school of prayer where we were taught on tribulation and the refiner's fire. And so, when we have trouble, each one of us is going through difficult moments. We say, Mdala Because in, in the Old Testament, it says, He shall sit as a laundry soap and wash you, and you come out purified through the fire. This this is not some cliches. This doctrine must sink in your spirit. Not just in your brain and academics. It must sink in your spirit. And the day of trouble is what will prove that your faith is purified. When everybody here is drinking Malawi Shandy and eating yogurt. Ah, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. Everybody does that. When they are sipping, they are feeling good. Like you are in Hawaii. Wait. Let's wait. When trouble hits, then we'll prove whether your faith is living and truly if you know what hope is. This world has tribulation, brethren. Now these guys are saying we rejoice in tribulation also. Knowing that tribulation is going to do something. Patience. I remember uh, years back when uh, my dear friend Collins, they lost a son. And he was talking to me, he said, Mudala yoshuba. Now this is a man has lost a son. But in the midst of that pain, the doctrine of the word of God, he was standing on it. Saying, this londra has come, and it's a painful one, but the Lord will take us through. I say, Amen, brother. The Lord will sustain us. This is real. In the midst of tribulation. Tribulation will cause patience. Patience, experience. Now, because those who are older, young people, this is for you. When older people are talking to you, listen. Exper- experience. When you have gone through what you are going through, people have gone through it 82 uh, times, 100, and I don't know how many times. You are trying to navigate, they've passed through that way a billion times. Experience. They know exactly what to do experiences will bring us to a place of hope because you know that you know that you know that you know that you know you can be in the place of rest why because there is now hope deep-seated reality a conviction on the inside of you next verse just and hope ah this one i love and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Oh, I love this. Hope does not disappoint. That's what he says. Hope does not disappoint. And so this cannot be wishful thinking, it's being Satan. Being sure. It's a deep conviction. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And James 1 also, you can just uh, write it down. Don't put it up, Justin. James chapter 1. And the same school of prayer, Pastor Boyd, we were made to sing the whole Chapter of James, chapter number one. I count joy, brethren, when you face diverse kinds of temptations in your life, knowing that the trial of your faith up patience in your life and let patience have its perfect way. Then you will be mature, entirely lacking nothing. James chapter one. Count it joy. But how can you count it joy when you are in trouble, when you are under pressure, when you are in pain? It's if you have the revelation of hope, then you can count it joy that through this, something beautiful will come out. Count it joy, brethren. When ye face diverse kinds of temptations, knowing that the trial of your faith does what? Worketh patience in your life. And let patience have its what? Perfect work. Then you will be mature entirely lacking nothing this is what the apostle brings out so they this doctrine you find it all over spread in the scripture because it's so very important amen somebody he says because the love of god is shared abroad our hearts by the holy spirit praise god and in this living hope as well, there is an aspect of our future destiny that is secured in the heavens forever. Amen. And this, is, this gives us confidence. Imagine one of the men during the persecution. He was dipped in tar. And while the body was burning, he lifted his hand. Now his hand had been burned; All the flesh had come out and there was only a skeleton. Now, how can a skeleton lift a hand like this? It's not possible. But Dr. Wari he can confirm. Muman yamala manja because yama muscle. In the doctor. Correct. But the whole hand, the whole flesh was gone. And he lifted his hand and he said, Praise the Lord. And the whole body was bent. How can someone say, Praise the Lord? When the whole body, yanyeka, tupingo kugwa pants, he lifts his hands and he says, Praise the Lord. There must be something which these brethren knew. And one of that something is this aspect of hope as well. It's our security. Our future inheritance. That is our destiny that is secured forever in the heavens. You see, these prosperity preachers have confused a lot of you because you watch them and follow them so closely on this TV. They'll confuse you, these cowboys. (laughs) You see, these cowboys... Make you think that we are here to stay forever. Yes, let's do what we can do here on earth. But this is not our home, according to the scriptures. I have no time to give you enough evidence that you are just a pilgrim. According to the scripture, you are a pilgrim. And those men, while they are dying there. So when you die, what happens to you? What do you believe when you die? I thought you would be popping out scriptures here. Hallelujah, someone. What happens to you, Baba, when you die? In case you die or if you die, what happens to you? Do you know any scriptures? We are the problem here. I said, Do you know any scriptures? What can ha- What happens to you if you breathe your last and you sleep into eternity? muzuba 16 hours. Because you need to be discipled. But I'm serious. You need to know. Their brethren knew that, look, even if I die today, <clears throat> like this, in the presence of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the presence of Jesus, there was an assurance. This love gives us assurance. We move quickly. Give us, uh, we are already there. Give us verse 6, verse 6 to 8. Of Romans 5, verse 6. For when we were yet without strength, and this is the reason why. Oh my God, this is powerful. When, for when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Next verse. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet, peradventure, for a good man, some would even dare to die. Verse number eight. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. If he could do this for us, while we were ungodly, he brought us into this. Uh, living hope. Praise the Lord. Let's move. Doctrine number three. Eternal inheritance. Eternal inheritance. Verse is from verse number four. Verse number four says. Oh sorry. I mean James here. Verse number four. First Peter says. And. Into an inheritance. That can never perish. Spoil or fade. Kept in heaven for you. Let's read that again. Jesus, he has brought us into an inheritance that can never perish. Spoil or fade. Kept in heaven for you. I'm reminded of uh, some businessman who lived in Livingston. I won't mention the name. Maybe you are here. You are actually the grandson <laughs> or the nephew. <laughs> but anyway, it's a real story. So even if I'm taken to court, I'll go and uh, just state the facts. There was a big business when we were growing up in, uh, in Livingston. Big, big uh, butchery. And, uh, there was a butchery in this family. We were running this wonderful butchery in uh, the city center of uh, uh, Livingston. And they had... Uh, I think the best farm that time and when that man died he left all the property and that inheritance to his children ask me what there is no trace of those properties when you go down to livingstone that farm belongs to just other people that shop has become just something else the inheritance gone why because when i could get my ice cream they did not learn how to run the business. It's all gone, that inheritance. But we can teach ourselves how to secure these things and put in place systems. Can I hear somebody say an amen? amen. Praise the Lord. Why do Muzungus have businesses which have been running since 1930? They are still flipping the donuts. Since 1930, my donuts are flipping up to 2021. Systems, Amen. But our point is inheritance. Whatever we have that is of the earth. Fades away. The scripture says here we have an inheritance. That never fades. Spoil or or fade. Kept in heaven. uh, For us. Amen. And every child of God. We have that inheritance. Kept right in the heavens for us. And so as the apostles. Were going through this much pain. They knew that. One day they will slip right into that inheritance. While we do all that we need to do and cause impact here on earth and walk in the purpose of God, that shouldn't be an excuse. Hello? That should be an excuse. Ah, inheritance kunyumba. No. We must be able to correspond correctly. Amen? In the earthly realm with what is in heaven. Prosperity is your portion. I said prosperity is your portion. Yeah, don't go with the doctrine of cowboys. The biblical prosperity is there. It's your portion throughout the scripture is there. Causing impact on earth is all there in the word of God. Abundance. Even a lot of money is your portion. Is there. The point is when pain and suffering and persecution comes, you even forget that you have a rose rose outside there, your yard. That is the point. You understand what I'm saying? You forgot. Just like Corona. Corona has made everybody. There are boys who do not park Mercedes behind their house. They park jets. For example, Kenneth Copeland. By this time, 2021. Do you know how many planes? I didn't say Mercedes-Benz E63 or s 63 G Sport. Uh Uh-uh. He has given away 27 planes. I know you didn't hear me. (laughs) I, I will say it slowly so that you can capture I said Kenneth Copeland, Namkazwake Gloria Copeland, wa pasa mandeke. Early twenty-seven, so far kupasa Monday. Happy birthday! You na guli lakondeke. Not Vitz, not Mercedes Benz, not BMW, not G wagon. Uh Nah, plain. Kupasa so. And yet he flies that same old plane which the partners bought him just to to shame the devil that we are not after things. Hmm, That's very powerful. Amen. But without forgetting that all that fades away. And during all this period, even with giving 27 planes, pain, suffering, and persecution still comes. And when they come, the plane can't help. The Mercedes can't help. 258 uh, hectares of a, the biggest ranch or whatever will not help because there are things that are beyond the physical realm. My demons has been They don't respect English. They respect power. When power meets power, the lesser power must bow. This is the power here. We are, being, we are talking about. Amen. Praise the Lord. And lastly, he he concludes number four. The doctrine of holiness. That's number, verse number 13. We end there. He says, therefore, prepare your minds. This is very powerful in how the apostle uh, Peter wrote this. To the point that some would think actually it's not Peter who wrote this. He, he was helped because of the, of the Greek that uh, was used in um, <clears> 1 <throat> Peter chapter number 1. It's so profound. But he said it is him there and others believe that he was helped by Silas actually to pen down this episode. Look at verse number 13. Therefore, prepare your minds for what? for action. It's like everything we've been saying. When we were young, we used to say, nixes, wait first. Nixes, you wait now. Before we proceed, there is a punch now here. There's something very important. Prepare your minds for what? For action. I've told you about all these doctrines. And you are still here on earth. We are not yet in heaven. There's something very important then you need to pay attention to. So prepare now your minds for what? For action. And what then does he say? Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Wow. When Jesus Christ is what? But Jesus Christ already came to earth. And by this time he had died and he had already ascended in heaven. So what is Peter talking about? The second coming of Christ. Your final salvation. He says, You prepare. He says, You must be self controlled. Set your hope on the grace. To be given when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children. He says, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. You see, what we did, we did in ignorance. One young man was telling me this week as he was we were just chatting. And he was giving his testimony of uh, how he, he, he got born again. And he says, "Ah, that was once and for oh, and all, I stopped. He says, because when I was under dagger, I actually began to shout by myself in the house, na pena, na pena. He says, he was telling me his testimony, says, because as I looked in the mirror, I would see my friend, the one I was smoking with. Mm. Then he said, but what's going on? And he kept laughing in the house by himself. All that was done in what? In ignorance. Everything that is sinful that we did was done in ignorance. Hakiri, we didn't know. Even argue about it. He says, whatever we did, we did in ignorance, verse 15. But just as he who called you is holy, be holy. Now, he's not saying you work hard to do this, the grace has been poured out. So as he beckons us to holiness, it's, it's like okay? holiness is in somber moments, it's who you are. So, he's, he's, he's really opening their eyes to say, look, there you were in ignorance. You didn't know what you were doing. You didn't know any better. Come now to this place. Why? Because of the pressures of the pain and the suffering and the confusion, you're almost shaking and going back to live as if you are again in ignorance. You get the point? He says, you be holy. As the father says, he what? He who has called you is holy. Since you have a father... Who judges, and how powerful. Verse 17, since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as what? Strangers. Against what the cowboys teach. Others actually say, no, there will be no rapture. God meant man to live on earth, so we'll just be here. I wish you well. I wish you well. He says, live your lives as what? As strangers. Hear how in reverent fear. Have you been in a foreign land and you've been in trouble? Uh, no, maybe not. I remember one time when we were in SA. And then there was trouble. Ah, it's the most uncomfortable thing. To be in a foreign land and you're in trouble. There's nothing like, Honorable Mama I'm here. Nothing. There's no honorable there. He's not there. He's in a foreign land. There's not pastor boy. Where are you? Can you press star 778 hash? I'll give you the instructions. Nothing. He's in a foreign land. You are limited. And so you are very careful in everything that you are doing. Not that in your own land you shouldn't be. But there's just this comfort when you are in your own home. When you're in your own space. Even when you are flying and you see that E.T. Mrs. Nirenda Biachatika. Quill. You are now what? Home. No matter how beautiful the whole world is, Zambia is my territory. That's what he's telling them, that challenge is not your home, really. You are passing through. So as you are living in this space called earth, be careful. That's what he's telling them. Be what? Be careful. And in that being careful, flow in holiness. Walk in holiness. Wholeness, as strangers living in reverent fear. For you know what it was, that it was not perishable things such as silver and gold. You were redeemed from empty life, handed down to you from your fathers. Praise God. So what do we do with all this? two things, beloved? Write them down and we go home. Praise God. What should we do now with all these doctrines? Number one, we take only two points of application. Rest in the power of your faith. In the midst of pain, suffering, persecution, and all that is against your life. Rest in the power of your faith. Verse number seven. Look at verse number seven. These have come. What are these? pain, suffering, persecutions. They have come. Why? These have come so that your faith of greater worth, which perisheth greater than gold, which perisheth, though refined by fire, may be proved to be genuine and may result in what? Praise and glory and honor, when Jesus Christ is revealed. So all these things that we go through are there that our faith may be purified. May your faith be strong in Jesus' name. You didn't hear me. I said, may your faith be strong in Jesus' name. Let your faith, so you rest in the power of your faith. Feed on that faith. Without faith, you'll be able to overcome. Number two, Keep trusting in his unfailing word. Verse 22 to 25, which we didn't read earlier. And this is what he says in verse 22. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not by corruptible seed, uh, but of imperishable Through the living and enduring word of God. Look at this. Verse 24 says, For all men are like grass. And here he was quoting uh, Apostle Peter from the book of um, Isaiah chapter 40. He says, All men are like grass and all their glory is like flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of the Lord stands forever. You miss where to shout amen. The word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that we preached to you. So he's telling them, you stand in the word. Stand in the word. Rest in the power of your faith and stand in the word. This is the same word he says which brought you into uh, salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. As we conclude, thank you, Jesus. I want to read something for you from a man called Banz. This is a theologian by the name of Banz, one of my favorite commentators on the Bible. And this is what he says. And I quote: He says, we see the grass wither at the return of autumn or in drought. We see the flower of the field lose its beauty and decay. We see man rejoicing in his vigor and in his health cut down in an instant. Like we have seen, you know, during this year. People with vigor and health instantly cut out. You see, we see cities fall. And kingdoms lose their power and vanish from among the nations. There is no kingdom that lasts forever. It's only the kingdom of God. And then he says, But God changes not. He presides in all these revolutions. He sits calm, unmoved, amidst all these changes. Not one of his promises shall fail. You miss where to say amen. None, not one of his promises shall fail. At the end of all the changes which human things shall undergo... Yahweh, the God of his people will be the same. Kingdom rise, kingdoms fall. There is no kingdom that has lasted forever. Just like we see out there, the flowers blossom, they will dry up. Anything that you can put your trust in will fall. There is only one, the word of God. He says, but the word of the Lord stands forever. Forever. And in this word, this is the word that we preached to you. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Beloved, I pray that as you go through this journey, you will remember the doctrines of the church. You will go back to the word of God in these trying times. Right now, you could be on the mountain. Tomorrow, you may find yourself in the valley. The valleys will always come. As long as we are under the sun. John Moy on there. As long as we are under this sky, there will be pain, suffering, persecutions. But you can thrive in Jesus' name. Why? Because the word of the Lord stands forever. Let's stand and pray.